7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. Plenty of good. Fruit of Monument boys are into the grade eight after beating Broomfield. They match Central, the 1989-1990 state championship team in terms of wins. Fruit is now 25-0. Plateau Valley boys have won 20 straight. They won their district tournament. Mm -hmm. Montrose girls are into the grade eight as well. After uh, they picked up their win against Pueblo West on Friday night. So there's a lot of good nuggets yeah. when they're seven straight against the Golden State Warriors. And the first team ever, if I can get this correctly, to win four straight at Golden State with Steph Curry on the floor playing in all four games. I think they also are the first team to sweep Golden in the, State. In the Steve Kerr era, we yeah. should say. Sweep them in four games in a season with Steph yeah. playing all four games. So, kind of a LeBron stat. It's a cherry pick, you know, because, yeah, you if you don't beat them with Steph out, then that's a bigger problem than yes. the good of beating them with Steph. <laughs> exactly. So, it's a little bit of a LeBron stat where it's just random numbers kind of pulled together. But it's still nice. Yeah, it's still a, it's still a good thing. Nikola yeah. Jokic was brilliant, as he always is, 32-16-16. Jamal Murray, which was kind of a game-time decision, mm -hmm. 27 points last night. As the Nuggets, uh, there was the, was it fourth quarter that Draymond Green thought Nikola Jokic popped him in the in the jaw? On a drive. Was it Draymond himself? And they and they showed it. And and they're like, Well, you, you initially like, well, you can you can see where he gets hit here. And it's like, no, he can't. I don't see where he got hit. Mm -hmm. But Draymond Green was screaming like Nikola Jokic right back and punched him in the mouth. But that's what Draymond Green does. He right. he he agitates, he irritates. And Nikola Jokic absolutely wrecked him last night with 32 points. So Yeah, Draymond's time has come and gone. Yeah. And while I had them on my list of potential contenders, eh, I don't know. I don't know about that now. Because they got that little hot streak there for a while. Mm -hmm. It's like they found a place for Klay Thompson coming off the bench. And I'm downgrading that selection. After, uh, yeah. certainly after watching last night. Yeah, it's, they're not great. Yeah. So, good win for the Nuggets last night, going on the road, winning at Golden State. So, um, if you got to, the court, court storming is now an issue again. Mm hmm After uh, Duke and Wake Forest. What, uh, Filipowski got ran into for Duke when Wake's fans... I which I I don't know I don't know what the solution is on that. I blame Coach K. <laughs> if you run a more <laughs> likable program, people probably won't take runs at your play. Maybe so. 
Is that I John just, Shires? I guess John Shires inherited the yeah the Coach K legacy there. Mm-hmm. The the bad part of it is you're yeah. you're mentioning. I don't know. I I I, I get it where you 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 don't want to. <laughs> You don't have yes. You're, you're I know kidding. Duke fans are going to come. Oh, like, what do you mean? Typing out their five syllable word. <laughs> this is outrage among us. You, sir, a cad and a scoundrel. Yes. Going to take their white gloves and slap me with it. I think fans should have the chance to enjoy a big upset win. But I don't know if every game necessitates storming the. The court, I mean, Wake, Wake beating Duke, that's pretty big. Yeah. That's that's pretty big. That's that's not nothing. That's not like Buffs fans storming the floor if they beat Cal. Yay. Right. Nobody's going to do that. But it at times it has become a problem because it's become a danger. You had the, with the Ohio State fan that ran over Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Which, Caitlin Clark also... I'm going to defend Ohio State fan a little bit on that one. Let's give her an Oscar for that one. Kayla Clark got a yeah. <laughs> got a ran into her as much as the Ohio State fan ran into Kayla Clark. For being one of the best players ever, that was super soft. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of like, well, you, like, you, you, you can't see that. She's right there right. in front of you. She ran across you, but you... They weren't going for the steal, so but that's it, why But it wasn't like, like she... Oh, it wasn't I was like shot. She, yeah. It wasn't like she was blindsided. She hit me with a car. That's what she looked like. Oh, I don't know. But I, I agree with you that you probably shouldn't be able to storm the court when you're 18 and 9. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There should be rules, some guidelines around storming the court. And I don't know how you can keep up the energy. Like, And it's a good look, too. I, I do like the... You can't see the floor because fans are celebrating. It's an excellent visual. I don't know how you keep the energy and excitement up for four minutes as the players leave the court. But also, I feel that, you know, like the SEC sometimes will fine school. You're fined $50,000 for storming the field after a football win. I, I'm not sure I really like the just blanket fine. If you're over 500, you should be fined for storming the court. No matter who you beat. Wake's right. not a bad bat. It's not like some huge upset. It's an it's a nice one. It's a big they're rival. They're literally three games behind Duke. I know in they're the standings. Exactly. So it's not like they just grabbed the lead. Actually, they're in the two ACC. in the ACC. <laughs> they're third overall. Like Duke's got twenty one wins. Wake has eighteen. Yeah. It's and I get they're rivals. But you should be so fine I, for storming the court at I, that point. I, I just You yeah. should beat Duke at home. You know what's more insulting to Duke? That you're not celebrating because you expected to win. But like I said, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, how to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, like I said, you don't want to take the fun away from fans. The enjoyment of being part of, of something big. But sometimes it seems like Every every game is now a court a court storming game. Yeah, and it's not. No, not not every victory merits that that kind of that kind of reaction from fans. Especially when you now are moved to eighteen and nine. 
Oh, by the way, Kyle Filipowski injured his ankle when he got ran into by, by Wake Forest fans. That's unfortunate. And John Shire would like them to... Probably ban. press charges. He wants him, wants him, no, he wants him to ban court storming. I don't know how you do Take that. Take him out back and hit him with a stick. Shire said, I'm more concerned about the well-being of our guys. Uh, Flip sprains his ankle. What are we going to, when are we going to ban court storming? When are we going to ban that? How many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted in their face and it's a dangerous thing? Oh, but the Cameron crazies reaching out and being inches from touching a player trying to inbound a basketball is fine. Yeah, I I, I find it probably They're going to yeah. touch them. <gasps> I, I, yeah, I, and I, I agree with you on that. But How I, dare they? But, I mean, that was... Get your grimy Wake Forest fingers <laughs> off my basketball player. You don't touch my boys. Right. I don't... Like I said, I, I understand where he's coming from. You don't want anybody to get hurt. And, you know, fortunately, the case of Caitlin Clark, she didn't get mm-hmm. hurt. And Filipowski has the ankle injury where it's just always when it happens to you, you're more angry about it. When you win and do that and it's your people, well, our, our fans deserve the opportunity to, to celebrate and right. be, part of, be part of something special at that moment. It's school spirit. So court storming, the SEC fine one time is $100,000. Second offense, it's two fifty. The third, $500,000. By the way, if you're curious on how that works in the SEC, and of course this is the ACC that this happened with, with Wake and Duke. And ACC schools do not have a fine structure or disciplinary measures in place for when that happens. So they are, they are an outlier on this. I guess you just, I said, I, I don't, just finding a school, is that going to stop students from doing it? I, I don't know about that. You have to beef up security. You're going to have enough security people to keep to keep all those people, 15-some thousand or whatever the case may be, half of them from coming on the floor? Are you going to have enough security to do that? I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is, but certainly it was an ugly thing. That happened on Saturday with that with that incident. All right, 7-Eleven. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. A lot of good stuff, as we mentioned, with the uh, Fertile Monument boys into the grade eight. Likewise, the Montrose girls. Junction saw their season come to an end, but yeah. uh, still a heck of a year for Dutch Johnson and the Tigers. Likewise, for Ryan Vohringer and the Montrose Redhawks boys basketball team. Steve Skiff's Montrose girls are into the grade eight. Plateau Valley boys win their district championship. They move on to the next round. They host Wiggins coming up on Friday night. So if you've got some things you want to share with us today, text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. And uh, Maverick Basketball, they get the, the sweep this weekend. Or yeah. Mesa Baseball, not a good weekend. Lost three out of four. Mesa Softball, they won eight in a row. And uh, we hope to talk with uh, Maverick Basketball coaches, Mike DeGeorge and Taylor Wagner in the 9 o'clock hour this morning, by the way, since they'll be on the road tomorrow going to Westminster, final road games of the regular season, then home against Western on Friday, and then our MAC tournament starts on Tuesday. And right now, both Maverick basketball teams in position 
to perhaps win the RMAC. Still some work to be done, though, mm -hmm. and need a little bit of help from uh, some of the other schools yeah. in the RMAC in regard to uh, nailing down the regular season titles. Selfishly, for us, that would be very helpful. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. We, I know... I know Mike and Taylor would love to see that happen yes. for them and, and for, us. For, for their they would boys, but like they would, I'm sure they, they don't, they do not care that it, <laughs> they, we share in the desire, mm -hmm. the, the excitement, the enthusiasm of, of them winning a regular season title and yes. hosting the RMAC tournament, but whether it satisfies our needs, I don't think that matters to them at all. Sorry, well, it's sorry, a, Buck, I hate a, to, I hate to bring it to you. Well, no, I think it's a weird situation that they're going to be in is, the more of our shining foreheads they see next month, the better things are going. And it's because they're at home. And because they are continuing to see our shiny foreheads. So <laughs> they're at home and they're still playing. Exactly. So, so I think they would want to see more of us. Right now, the Maverick men and Fort Lewis are 19-1. and one. And so Fort Lewis holds the edge because they have the win over the Mavericks mm -hmm. in the and Blizzard of Branson. And they don't play again. Which I think it's cheating. But So now... They came, man, they came real close to losing mm -hmm. this out to go to Mines. It's like, come on! Come on, Hard Rockers! They uh, end up winning 86-83 there. They got to go to Metro. They got to go to Colorado School of Mines. Will not be easy mm -hmm. for Fort Lewis, but we shall see what, what happens. But And for the Maverick women, they're, just like the men, very much in the thick of it for a conference title. 16-4 and four right now. They have the edge over Regis, the tiebreaker there. They don't with Adams State. All three of those schools are 16-4 and four right now. Adams State on the road at Colorado School of Mines and at Metro. How would, how would you feel if you're Colorado School of Mines right now? You're one game out of first place and you won't even get to host yeah. an RMAC tournament game. There's a four-away schmoz at 16-4. and four. Yeah. Mesa, Regis, Adams, UCCS. But how incredible would it be if both Maverick basketball teams win the RMAC great. regular season title? So, anyway, uh, hopefully we'll be talking with Taylor Wagner and also Mike DeGeorge in the 9 o'clock hour. Also, uh, Josh Cook from Victory Life Church and Craig Unford, they're going to join us. Uh, Ed McCaffrey's coming to town uh, for a men's conference, and so we're going to talk with uh, them about that, where uh, the Bronco great will will be in the Valley to uh, to talk to uh, some local local teams. Uh, also, just a, a chance to, to learn more about Ed McCaffrey's story as well. We'll uh, talk with uh, Josh and with Craig coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Also, we'll have around the NFL, and um, Russell Wilson is on the uh, Brandon Marshall podcast. We got you some of that where he talks yes. about his desire, Russ does, to stay with the Broncos. Also, Brandon Marshall, how he momentarily thinks about coming out of retirement to play tight end for Russell Wilson. He thinks about momentarily and then decides not to after he worked out with Russ. They worked out in the gym together, and Brandon Marshall said, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm uh, in shape to do this anymore. Which... Brandon Marshall is this wide receiver Brandon oh, okay. Marshall no not not linebacker Brandon He's Marshall a little narrow to play tight end isn't he no uh Brandon Marshall B Marshall receiver yeah he's uh he's well he's tall but he's got he's got uh he's bulked up he's a little is bit he? he's a little bit stouter he pretty swole? 
He's a little he's a little stouter than okay. he used to be. Yeah. He's saying he could play tight end. I mean, I, I believe him, but I don't know. It's, he's put on a few retirement pounds. Right. So, is it like Chick-fil-A sandwiches or is he in there throwing some weight around? I, I mean, it's hard to tell what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's kind of a little bit swole. Right. Yeah. Is it like Steve Phillips? A little, little bit. He's yeah. a little bit that way. Yeah, I think that's fair to say that. All right, 716. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy Texter. Call us 970-242-1340. And it is time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal. Helping your business grow. They can help your uh, meet your business needs with uh, new surveillance cameras or new surveillance system, a new business phone system, cybersecurity, network support, and PC and server support. They're your technology service partner. They're looking for a relationship, not just a job. They want to help your business grow. Give ComWest a call today at 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp. Com. All right, we'll lead things off with the uh, Denver Nuggets in action last night. Nationally televised game when they squared off against Golden State on ESPN. And the Denver Nuggets picked up their seventh straight win against the Warriors and a 119-103 victory at Golden State Sunday night. Nikola Jokic had another triple-double with 32 points, 16 rebounds, and 16 assists with the Nuggets' Jamal Murray adding 27 points. Denver coach Mike Malone, proud of the way his team responded after being down by 16 points in the second quarter on the road. But for us to close that second quarter 14-0, to tie it up at half, and then start the third on a 14-4 to run, that's a 28-4 to run in their building after being down 16. That's what I'm most proud about. Denver's a game and a half back of Oklahoma City and Minnesota for the Western Conference lead. You also had NASCAR yesterday, and in NASCAR at Atlanta, it was Daniel Suarez taking the checkered flag, followed by Ryan Blaney in yesterday's NASCAR action. Moving on to prep sports, Fruit of Monmouth Boys basketball team is heading to the 6A grade 8 after handling Broomfield 61-44 to Saturday at the Wildcats gym. Fruit of Monument for Daniel Thomason had another outstanding game with a double-double of 21 points and 10 rebounds with Jet Wells scoring 14 points and hitting two three-pointers. The 25-0 Wildcats matched the record of the 1990-25-0 state champion Central Boys basketball team. Fruit of Coach Michael Wells says despite the run to the grade eight, they still have things to prove. Kind of been disrespected all year in terms of why we're the number one team. And, and we haven't we haven't doubted that, all right? Uh, we don't make the computer formula, but I told them now, the people that are saying that are over there, you got to go prove. Wildcats get Eagle Crest Thursday at the Denver Coliseum at 530. Eagle Crest defeated Ralston Valley 53-46 to to advance. You can hear Thursday's game on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 5:15 and 5 the Grand Junction boys basketball team saw their season end with a 70 to 57 loss at Lewis Palmer in the 5-8 tournament. The Tigers finished the season with a 16 and 9 record. The Montrose boys run comes to an end in their 77 to 57 loss of Ponderosa. The Redhawks end the season with an 18 and 7 record. And in 2A, the Plateau Valley boys basketball team won their district tournament as they defeated Vail Christian 62 to 33. The Cowboys have won 20 straight games to move to 20 and 1 as they host Wiggins Friday night. 5.30 in regional play for that one. And moving on to the girls' side, Delta girls lost by two points at university on Friday night in the uh, 4A postseason. Now, as far as the 5A girls' day basketball tournament, the Montrose Redhawks move on to the grade eight. They pick up a 38-32 victory over Pueblo West as Tegan Rocco led the way with 18 points. And they'll get uh, second-seeder Roosevelt. The Redhawks are a seventh seed. And that game is set for 7 o'clock Friday night 
at uh, the Denver Coliseum, and uh, we will have that game over on the Monkey, 93.5 in Montrose. The pregame at 6:45 for that one. Trevor Baskin was the start of the show this of the show the, this weekend as the Mavericks men's basketball team swept New Mexico Islands and CSU Pueblo on the road. Friday, the Mavericks got into a shootout with the Cowboys, winning 116 to 108. Baskin had 43 points. It's the third highest all-time uh, single scoring in a game in Mavericks history, behind Ryan Steffen and Trevor's dad John Baskin. Then on Saturday, it was an 82 to 81 over the CSU Pueblo Thunderwolves. A late three by Baskin and still at the end of the game. Propel the Mavs to the victory. Assistant coach Kyle Boucher says Trevor's doing it better than anybody in the nation right now. There's no one in America playing better basketball than Trevor. He is on the top of his game right now, and they dared him to score. He delivered tonight. They really had a concerted effort to slow him down, and he just played a great, balanced game, helping his teammates get involved, and then waiting to the very end to go for the kill, which he did. Maverick women also get the sweep this weekend, winning at New Mexico Island 67-28. to on Friday night, Laura Gutierrez eclipsing the 1,000-point mark with a trio of threes in the first half of that game. And then Saturday, Mavericks uh, knocking off CSU Pueblo. See, three-point shooting was vital to the Mavericks' 62-47 to win over the Thunderwolves. I mean, it was big, 11 for 23, and every it seemed like every time they started to come back, we hit a big three. And we just kept the momentum. So, And we don't, we don't normally historically shoot it well here. So it was awesome to come out and shoot it as well as we did. Mavs assistant coach Hannah Pollock. There's now a four-way tie for first in the RMAC with CMU, Regis, Adams State, and UCCS. The final two games of the regular season are this week as the Mavericks play at Salt Lake City tomorrow night against Westminster, then wrap it up at home against Western this weekend on the team, CMU Sports Network. So we'll have coverage tomorrow night of the Maverick basketball teams at Westminster. As far as Maverick softball, they swept Colorado School of Mines this past weekend. They're on an eight-game winning streak. As I mentioned, the Maverick baseball team Unfortunately, they dropped three out of four this past week into Northwest Nazarene, losing in the finale on Saturday by the score of 13-7. to They're on the road playing at Azusa Pacific. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobile, 722. And uh, we'll take a break. And uh, coming up, we'll uh, dive into uh, last night's Nuggets victory over Golden State. Also, we'll give you a prep recap of the weekend as well with high school basketball. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 726. Is this crew? Is this it team? is. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard this cover in a long time. This came across the radio Saturday. Like, that's pretty solid jam. Yeah, it is. That's good call there, man. Yeah. Good choice. All right, 726. Jim along with uh, the Buckeye Boy today. Uh, got some thoughts about the weekend. Uh, about Russell Wilson. Saying that he wants to stay in Denver. <laughs> Brandon Marshall who Russ was on Brandon Marshall's podcast, Brandon Marshall, the former Broncos receiver, not the linebacker. Brandon Marshall gives him a look like, are you sure, dog? You sure? um, Are you sure about that? Right. So we'll have uh, some of that coming up uh, later on. We're going to shift around the NFL to about 820 this morning. But um, are you surprised Russ still wants to play for the Broncos? Said he's... you know, I'm not. I'm paraphrasing here. Unfinished business. 
He uh, also denied that his house, his mansion is up for sale because that's been all over the place that it's, that he's listed Well, when it. was this recorded? It, it was, was recorded a month ago. Uh, it was this weekend. Oh, okay. I believe it was the last couple of days. It was, everything in it there was, could it, be true. It's because re- he's, no, because they reference, he goes, so, but everybody says you're selling your, your mansion. He goes, no, I'm not. Well, if you go on Instagram, no, I'm not. The people are putting that on there. I'm not. So it's been, it was the last day or two. It was this oh, okay. has not been, you know, something from, you know, a week he ago. Didn't record or, this like no, you know, MLK day. Or anything. <laughs> no, this was this was in the last couple of days. Gotcha. It's uh, very fresh, very recent. Okay, that's it's interesting. So we'll we'll dive into that coming up later on. But uh, last night the Nuggets uh, they went to Golden State, scored off against the Warriors. People are kind of doubting the Nuggets. I think probably even myself a little bit with the way things have gone at times lately for this team. But uh, last night, they pick up a 119-103 to win against Golden State. Always a tough place to get a victory. But the Nuggets have won now seven straight against Golden State. Jamal Murray was a game-time decision. Ended up being a great decision because he had 27 points last night. He was uh, 9 of 16 after missing the first half of the road trip because he had some inf- uh, some tibia inflammation that put him as a maybe yeah. possible up until game time. But he played and he scored 27 points. Nikola Jokic, after a while, the, the numbers are just so, they become so commonplace. You're desensitized a little bit. Yeah, you just stop being wowed. Mm-hmm. But you should be. 32 points, 16 rebounds, 16 assists, 4 steals. And Draymond Green tried to beat the snot out of him last night. There's Michael Malone, a little post Malone after the Nuggets win. So they were down by 16 in yeah. the second quarter on the road and fought their way back. We know what that team presents in terms of all the problems. Um, but what I was most proud about tonight, aside from winning, of course, was just we're down 16 in that second quarter. And when we play Golden State, we do things differently. You know, this is not our standard defense. We try to do things differently because of who they are and their personnel. And so there are going to be some breakdowns, and there were. But for us to close that second quarter 14-0, to zero, tie it up at half, and then start the third on a 14-4 to four run, that's a 28-4 to four run in their building after being down 16. That's what I'm most proud about. We had a lot of guys, Nicola. I mean, another triple-double. He was outstanding tonight. 32, 16, 16, four steals, one block, five deflections. I thought Nicola was just, uh, once again, showcased why he's the best player in the NBA. But Jamal Murray's contributions, I felt, uh, I thought Zeke Naji, Christian Brown off the bench. Um, you don't beat a team like that. Uh, AG, 17, Pope, the defense he played on, a guy like Steph Curry. It's not just one guy, but... Uh, our guys just were, were locked in, and to start off 3-0 and post-All-Star break, um, I couldn't be more proud of our group. Yeah, Zeke Naji had the, the chase down block, and he was like flexing last night. And they, Steph Curry hit 1-3 last night. Scored 20 points. They really shut him down last night. Yeah, KCP was great. Like Michael Malone said, he was fantastic on Curry yeah, last did, night. did a great job defensively. But at the end of the game, though, Jonathan Kaminga, I think he scored all 19 of his points in the last, like, three minutes of the game. Felt that way. Because he 
drive inside, get fouled, go to the line. Drive, foul, go to the foul line. It was like, stop fouling him. Stop it. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like that Denver was in this in, in great peril to lose the game, mm-hmm. but it was just like, geez. He was 5 of 7 from the line yeah. in the fourth quarter. In the last, like you said, the last two to three minutes of the mm-hmm. game. But Denver gets a win. That's the most important thing. And they're in, in a decent spot right now. They're a game and a half back of both Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Now they can keep Jamal Murray healthy. Same with KCP. You know, you, you got to like where they're starting to trend right now. Yeah. And, and I'm fine if they want to go game time decision for the next three weeks with Jamal Murray. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't need him to come out and play. Like, they got Safran, Sacramento and Miami back-to-back this week. And it's both are at home. But I don't need him to play both. Play one. Play one. That's fine. I don't need him to go out there. And if they lose to the Kings, who are a pretty decent team, or if they lose to the Heat, I don't. it's not really going to bother me. It's not that they lose. It's how they lose that bothers me. You lose by 30 points at Sacramento. That's an issue. Which happened not that Which long ago. Happened leading into the All-Star break. You know, you lose by 20 at Milwaukee, and you're like, mm. four points at home to Sacramento. Like I said, but, the but, Kings are a good team, but they got the Kings again a third time in three weeks coming up. And last night, Christian Brown, good performance off the bench, seven mm-hmm. points. Zeke Najee, as I mentioned, with the big block in that game, he had six points. And, I mean, it wasn't a huge night for the bench, but four of your five starters were in double figures. MPJ was the only guy that, that failed to get there with just nine points last night. Boy, but, did he try, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He is Chuck and Duck. It's not three and D no. with MPJ. It's Chuck and Duck. It's Chuck and Duck. All right, 733. Jim along with the Buckeye boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And then uh, since we're talking about uh, the Nuggets, talk about their icy counterparts, the mm-hmm. Avalanche. Mm, tough loss to Toronto after they blow a 2 nothing lead. In that game, where Tyler Batuzzi had the he had the hat trick and a power play goal, two fifty one left, as the Maple Leafs become just the sixth team to win a ball arena this season. That's how good Colorado's been at home. Yeah, the road's been a different story. It's really spotty on the road, but they've been pretty good at home. It just, I still, and I know where it's kind of talking out of both sides of our mouths like hey 75 points things are all right it's still things really okay. talented all as well but then you're like they're missing something like they've they've kind of fattened up on teams that you're not gonna see a whole lot of in the playoffs and each game we get closer to the postseason losing one goal games which they have back-to-back efforts overtime against detroit and then the maple leaves at home blowing a lead you look at it, you're like, man, this is going to be either an agonizing playoff run or a very short playoff run. And you think about it as much as and they, they lose four to three. Mm-hmm. They'd won six in a row prior to that. Yeah. And they were 13 to 14 at home. They're now 22 and six at Ball Arena. Mac had three assists. Miko Randon scored his 30th goal of the season. And he becomes the first Avalanche player to score 
30-plus goals in four consecutive seasons since the team moved from Quebec City. That shows how good the Moose has been, but also how much he's overlooked and maybe underappreciated at times. Oh, yeah. League-wide, for sure. Yeah. But I think if you're the, you're the Avalanche, it's, it's, like I said, it's hard to gauge your level of concern about mm-hmm. them. Because you look, they're third in the Central in points. They're only two back at Winnipeg. Winnipeg has fewer uh, losses. They only have one more win than the Avalanche. So you look and the Avs may, so Winnipeg may have a couple of games in hand if you look at the totals. So that's kind of concerning, but Dallas is very similar to the Avalanche in games played. They only have three more points. You're three points out of first place and you're in third. So there's a schmoz of teams right there that you're in the mix. Vancouver's four points up on Dallas. They have 82 points and they lead the league. You're only seven back of that. You're seven points out of the President's Trophy, and you're still got, mm, there's something missing for this team. And both things can be true. You can be in a really good spot heading into the playoffs because you're a really good team and still something missing. I'm not sold on used to standing in as the second goaltender. I don't think you should be. And we still are wondering the timetable for Val Nachuskin. And how does that play into what they do at the trade then? As we've talked about, ad nauseum. For uh, Gabriel, two months. And, and those things that also Gabriel Landis got. Yeah, him too. Will, will Landy be ready to go? Maybe a couple games left in the regular season, get a little work in, mm-hmm. and then be ready for the playoffs? That, that remains to be seen. I think if you're going to stand pat at the deadline because you might get one or both of those guys back... They need to be really close. Yeah, and you be yeah, really close. And, I, and, and I just and don't La- know if Landis Cog is going to be close enough. And I don't know about that either, because we, we haven't heard he's you know he's skated some, mm-hmm. but we're not hearing anything in terms of he's actually practicing with the right. team. This is the- very minor detective work on my part. When guys are off the ice are off the field for a long time and you see them floating around social media, right? Like Landis Goggs with his daughters here and with his wife and family here and this and that. Then they go real, real quiet on social media. That usually means they're working much harder. That they're getting closer. Yeah. So that's maybe a good sign for me. Again, very, very amateur detective. Sure, but it makes a lot of sense. Makes sense, but it's also, haven't seen a lot of Landis Goggs on the socials in about I, the last thing I distinctly remember seeing is uh, him skating. Right. And then, I mean, they did their uh, fashion show thing, and he was part of that. But that doesn't really count to me. All right, 7.38. And uh, time for sound check this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, this one's on a little on the long side, but it's worth it because it's Jay Billis bringing the hammer to the NCAA because Charlie Baker, the president, floated the idea of eh, maybe 96 teams in the tournament one of these days. What? But let's be honest about it. Like When we get to March, there is such an excitement around. Like Everybody starts paying attention to all these different teams. And for me, if we can extend that excitement a week or some extra games, 
Why not? I mean, it is about money as well, right? For these schools, these leagues. Hopefully it could be about money for these players as well as we continue to evolve it. And that's inevitably where it's going to go. I don't mind it. I like it. When it was 16, it went to 32. And people were up in arms. Said it's going to ruin the tournament. It went from 32 to 64. Oh, that's too many teams. And then it went to 68. You we're know getting what? Jam, we promise. still have a great tournament. Here's the thing that's interesting. The landscape of college basketball is continually changing. It's just year to year it's changing. So we need to stay ahead of the curve, or at least the, the powers to be need to stay ahead of the curve. It's just too many good teams compiled together, expanding it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Never underestimate the NCAA's capacity to do something stupid. <laughs> and if they did this, it would be profoundly stupid. When anyone says more teams need access to the tournament, every team has the same access to the tournament now. All you have to do is win your conference automatic bid, which is against your peers with a group of teams that you have chosen to be among. And every team is in the tournament already. All you have to do is win your conference tournament. You're already in the tournament. And what, what are we going to do now? We're going to go to 96, and we're going to print the bracket out, first on legal paper, then on a, a roll of toilet paper, and just roll it out. It doesn't make any sense. This is the, the one thing that everybody's forgetting is this is not an access tournament. It's a national championship event. You should have to do something hard to get in. Yes. Yes. I agree. I, I love this. Is Never underestimate the NCAA's capacity to do something stupid. <laughs> I love Jay Billis. Oh, my gosh. What He's spot on with that. Not everybody should get it. Well, let's have yeah. another week and let's make it a big party and stop it. No, mm. no. Not everybody deserves to be in the NCAA basketball tournament. And Jay Williams started that part off. And I have thoughts of Jay Williams for four down territory about... I believe that's a hypocritical stance for him to take a little bit. We'll talk about that. But I I am totally in agreement with Jay Billis, 100%. I love the 68-team tournament, and I think it's fine just right now. Keep it where it's at. You've, you've got the, the first four. Mm -hmm. Teams have an opportunity to get themselves in. Yeah. There's that. There's that. That's... You know, which is it's become I've warmed to it first initial I'm like first four. It's kind of like the play in mm -hmm. for for the NBA, yeah. the, the play in tournament. OK, I've warmed to it. I think it's a cool way to start it out. But but I just why would you it's not going to make it better. More no. is not always better. And for me, with the first four, I, I've talked about this. I either want it to be all at large teams from power conferences or no at-large teams. Because go one way or the other. Don't be like, oh, well, here's Cal and Arizona, two 11 seeds, or Arizona State. Arizona's never going to be an 11 seed. It's Cal and Arizona State. I don't need that. I don't need that in the first four. Give it, give it to either all at-large teams and have knock out these power five teams and give, you know, your fairly Dickinsons of the world a spot in the actual tournament because we all know the first four is really not. No, or go it's not. all it's 16 seeds. Yeah. Go all 16 seeds and you win and you get smacked around by the number one seed unless it's Virginia in on Thursday or Friday. One or the other. Stop with this. All right, here's two, you know, here's the A-Sun winner against the SWAC winner 
And then here's the ninth place team of the Big Ten. Like, they don't need any more showcase. I, I just did this, you know, with Williams. So they, well, let's just make it another week and it'll be yeah. fine. Let's and extend it away. Let's just do it the whole season. Like, what is this? The Champions League? Let's let everybody in. What, are we going to play this year's tournament in next season's regular season? I, I just find that not ever. It's like high school basketball. It needs to be 64 teams. Mm-hmm. It was too much. Right. And I it get doesn't they're trying do to a follow, team. Yeah, they were, they were trying to follow the NCAA model back mm-hmm. then. 32 makes makes perfect sense. Yeah. Not every high school. If we're not going to let every high school basketball team mm-hmm. be in the postseason, why would we let every NCAA Division One team be in the NCAA basketball tournament? Pretty much the majority right. of them. I remember when they were rolling, the Central girls were a top five seed in the basketball tournament. And it was a 64-team tournament. They had some poor group of girls hop on a bus and come all the way over here and get beat by 75 points and then go home. Things like Denver South or Denver East. In the middle of that game, everybody's like, what are we doing here? Why why are we playing this? Why are we here? Nobody needs to be here right now. It's like, hey, you got into the tournament. Drive four hours in a bus to get beat by 100 (laughs) and then drive home. Doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. What do those kids learn from that? They learn nothing from it. Doesn't yeah, they learn the... Veil Pass is kind <laughs> of a bear in February. That's <laughs> do, all they do, learn. Doesn't, doesn't make the program better. Oh, he got state tournament experience. Right. Well, he also got beat by 40 points. Yeah. If you're How lucky. is that better? Yeah. I... You go up against the top five, top six seed, sometimes you're losing like 84 to 10. It's, it's ugly. It's a big-time woodshedding. All right, 745. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, bring you uh, the conversation with Michael Wells after the uh, Fruit Monument boys uh, able to get the victory against Broomfield on Saturday to move on to the grade eight. So we'll have that coming up 745 in text or call us the good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. Send it to us today on the team line 970-242-1340. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Appreciate little Sammy today. Yeah. So we're, uh, Sammy is out with, with, so with the circle yep, or? the circle. With Michael Anthony mm-hmm. and um, Jason Bonham. Yep. And. Kim or the other guy that's part of that. But they're doing Vic. a bunch Vic something. Vic Johnson? Vic Johnson, yeah. And they're doing a bunch of uh, Van Halen stuff. Mm-hmm. Be a good show. Yeah. All right, so the Purdue Monument boys basketball team, they're into the grade eight. And uh, first team from the Valley to make the grade eight from the boys' side in the Max Preps era. Of course, you have Purdue Monument that won the state championship in 1983. Michael Wells is the girls' coach, went to two grade eights, coaching the Wildcat girls. But uh, has the Fruita Monument boys into the grade eight, where they'll take on Eagle Crest coming up on Thursday over the Denver Coliseum. Fruita boys getting the victory on Saturday over Broomfield, 61-44. to Daniel Thomason, another big game, double-double of 21 points and 10 rebounds. Jet Wells had 14 points. He had a couple of threes. So they're now 25-0, which matches Central's 25-0 record from when they won the 3A state title in 1989 and 1990, though Fruita still... Is just into the grade eight now. They still have work to do when it comes to winning a state championship. But uh, certainly, I think answering critics about them being the top seed. 
and uh, had the chance to talk with Michael Wells after that big win on Saturday with the Wildcats knocking off Broomfield. And, and part of that uh, success, by the way, on Saturday was the fact that Andrew Eflin, their leading scorer in the season, they held him under double-digit scoring in that game. Did not hit a three in that game, and he's hit 52 threes coming in. After the game, I had a chance to talk with Wildcats coach Michael Wells. You had to come from 12 down the last time to beat them in overtime. It wasn't that dramatic today, but how good does this feel? You as a coach, your third trip to the grade eight, first as a boys coach. Take me through what you're feeling right now with a trip to the grade eight coming up for this basketball team. The thing that's, uh, the thing that's really satisfying to me is, you know, I met with some of these older guys right after I got the job, and I said, guys, I know you want to be in the Coliseum. I know you want to get into that eight. Um, I said, I've been there. I know, the, I know the way to do it. I know the roadmap. If you guys will buy in, we will go. Um, and, and, and they did that and then some. It, they really put it together, and, and they did it. Um, you know, I just tried to give them the map to do it, and uh, I'm just super proud of them for the way things ended for them last season to be able to bounce back. We knew we had to have this game on our home floor, and, I mean, this place has been a madhouse two, two games in a row. It's been incredible, it's hasn't it? unreal, the support that we've gotten from this community. It's, it's crazy. 61-44 victory now, 25-0. And Daniel Thomason, another great game, 21 points. Jet got in some foul trouble. I saw you getting on Jet down. He was like, come on, don't need a foul, you know, that far away from the bucket. Yep. But, but Jet had an incredible game as well. Uh, he finished today with, with 14 points. Uh, your, your two guys that usually lead the way did that. And I thought, once again, we got to give Max Orchard credit. Yep. Max playing a bad ankle, hurt there at the end of the first half, just kept grinding, and he ended up with double figures today as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I told those guys to leave it all out on the floor, and, I mean, Jet was literally hucking in the trash can at some point in the fourth quarter. We played him a lot of minutes the last two games, and I'm just... Uh, I'm thrilled for, for Max and, and really all the seniors. And, and, you know, we get DT every night, which we kind of get spoiled about. And, you know, we're just we're thankful. And, and the journey continues, and it just gets tougher, man. We're talking with Michael Wells, Fruit of Monument, boys basketball coach. And, and Michael, um, you know, I, I just think when you look at uh, it was a different style of team, Broomfield, already played them, obviously, we mentioned uh, when you beat them at the, the Boulder County Invitational. Different style, more of a half-court team then Highlands Ranch that you saw the other night. You guys adjusted really well to that. Yeah, you know, we were a little more familiar with them, but, you know, we did get a, off to a better start defensively. And, and that run, run we made, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it came off of our defense. It wasn't them missing shots. It was it was us getting steals and converting in transition and, and jumped out on them. And it, even though we were up 11-0, I still felt like that we were down 22-6, like in the last game. There's never enough time. Um, it, it, it never feels safe at some point, but... I've been fortunate enough to, to celebrate three of these on this court, one with each of my kids, and um, you know, those hugs at the end mean a heck of a lot to you when you get to this point. I, I thought you were going to maybe uh, break a rib or two on, on Daniel Thomason and, and all the rest of the guys, the way you were hugging him. I was like, hey, coach, he's up there a little bit. I'm excited, but... Yeah, a little so, excited. They <laughs> got basketball to play. Don't want to have get guys injured just uh, to celebrate at the end of the game, but it was just so cool, so emotional for me to watch you know that interaction with you and your players and celebrating obviously a, a great win but still work to do i know that you guys are not satisfied this is this is fantastic but not satisfied with this there's still more out there for this basketball team 100 percent. i'm really proud for the guys um you know but 
I've had I've had two seasons end in this building, and I'd really like to win one and have a chance to go back and play for something more. Um, so we, we definitely, our mantra in the playoffs has been we ain't done yet. So um, we got to get back to work and, and go get another one. All right, that's Fruit of Monument Boys Basketball Coach Michael Wells. They play Eagle Crest Thursday at the Denver Coliseum at 530. We'll have it right here on the Team Sports Network. Uh, also in 5A, you had uh, the Grand Junction Boys Basketball Team. Great season for Dutch Johnson back at the helm. The uh, Tigers, though, lose in the Sweet 16, 70-57 to Lewis Palmer. Montrose boys, they also had an outstanding season for Ryan Voringer. They, lo- they lost to Ponderosa, 77-57. Moved to 2A, the Plateau Valley boys basketball team. They won their district tournament as they defeated Vail Christian, 62-33. They won 20 straight. They're now 20-1. and They host Wiggins Friday night at 5.30 in regional play. And then the Montrose girls able to get the win over uh, Pueblo West on Friday night, 38-32. Tegan Rocco had a big game. She led the way with 18 points for Montrose. They get the two-seed Roosevelt Friday at the Denver Coliseum, and we'll have it over on the Monkey, uh, 93.5 in Montrose, with pregame at 6.45 uh, from the Denver Coliseum. Matt Meyer's going to have that one for you with tip-off at 7 o'clock on Friday night. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. It's, of course, Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything from court storming with Wake Forest and Duke to uh, Fruit of Monument Boys moving on to the Grade 8. Likewise, the Montrose girls as well. Uh, if you got some uh, thoughts on that, Cover Mesa basketball. We're going to talk with uh, Mike DeGeorge and Taylor Wagner in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. They sweep, and both are in first place right now in the RMAC, heading to Westminster tomorrow night. So uh, we'll talk with them coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Plus, uh, you'll have a chance to play the number game coming up in the uh, 9 o'clock hour, or the 8 o'clock hour, I should say, and then Wrigley Field Cover Sports uh, Trivia. You'll have a chance to win with that today as well. Text or call the show, 970-242-1340.